Welcome to the Royal Society of Medicine's Trauma and Orthopaedic Section podcast. My name is Akib Khan. I am an orthopaedic registrar on the RSM Council, and I will be your host through this series of podcasts. We will feature global experts and key opinion leaders discussing innovation, progress, and current practice within their subspecialties. These speakers have all contributed at one of our events. For more details on our events, please visit the Royal Society of Medicine website or on socials using the handle RSM Ortho. We are joined by Mr. Henry Burke. Mr. Burke completed fellowships at the North Sydney Orthopaedic and Sports Medicine Centre and the Park Clinic in Melbourne before becoming a dedicated knee consultant at Heatherwood and Wexham Park Hospitals in 2013. Appointed on the retirement of Robin Allen, Mr. Burke inherited an established knee ligament practice. He has quickly gained extensive experience in all aspects of ligament repair and reconstruction, including a growing series of complex multi-ligament knee injuries. Mr. Burke is the director of the renowned Wexham Park International Cruciate Ligament Meeting. We're very pleased to have you here at the Royal Society of Medicine. Thank you for joining us. Uh, no, it's a pleasure. Well, thank you for asking me to give it and thank you for having me. So we're going to cover a few aspects of ligament injuries uh, during this podcast. The first question I have for you is, how do you approach a patient with an acute ACL tear and how does this differ from a chronic ACL tear? Sure. Well, the acute... Um, ACL tear is actually very easy to manage. One thing I've noticed about acute knee injuries in my time is that people are very afraid and don't tend to know what to do with the knee. It's very important to examine the knee and work out what to do with regards to imaging. And then often in the acute phase, particularly with ACL, there is actually very little to do apart from to give that patient advice. Once the diagnosis has been established, if it is an isolated ACL tear, um, then get the brace off. Um, the patients will often present to you in a brace, particularly for travel if they've come back from the ski resorts or if they've come off the football pitch. Take the brace off, tell the patient to rest it, ice it, elevate it, and send them off to the physio. The best thing you can do for that patient is to get their swelling down and get their range of movement back. I tell patients that although they're often very upset once they get the diagnosis. There's very little we can do in the first few weeks apart from allow the knee to go through its initial cycle of healing. So get the brace off, send them off to the physiotherapist, give them some information about the diagnosis, and then plan to see them again in four to six weeks. Once the swelling's gone down, the movements come back. Then you can examine the knee again and discuss management. Now, you used a very key point in your talk, which was the concept of functional instability. Would you mind telling me a bit about that, please? Yeah, so that leads in very nicely to the management of, of chronic ACL tear as opposed to the acute ACL tear. The thing to establish with a patient with a chronic ACL tear is why they've come to see you now. Why did they not see you in the first place? Now, it may be that they did see you in the first place, but for one reason or another decided not to go ahead with surgery or to come back. And for me, there are usually two reasons why patients come back to see you. One is that they've had another injury, the secondary injury, which is often a meniscal or chondral injury. And the second reason is that the knee has become deconditioned. The muscle strength, power and balance of that knee is not very good. And then they get quite significant functional instability what I mean by that is that they are trying to do things and they can't because the knee is unstable. 
and they can't because the ACL is deficient. And it's very important to, to establish in the chronic setting whether or not the knee is unstable because of the ACL deficiency or whether or not the knee is unstable simply because it's become deconditioned. And that's where the physiotherapist is very, very helpful. And if you have one sitting in the clinic with you, they can make an immediate assessment of the patient's muscle function. And then you can start to make a plan together. The final thing to say about the chronicity and the chronic patients is that they do need a proper workup with regards to their alignment and the other injuries um, that have led to de degenerative change in the knee before planning to do uh, any sort of surgery. So history, examination, um, special investigations and physiotherapy assessment would be my workup for a, a chronic case. So why have you selected your preferred technique for ACL reconstruction? Um, well, that's a really excellent question. Every surgeon does it differently. And when I was training, uh, I looked at the way that all the consultants I worked for did certain things. And really my current technique is a hybrid of what I consider all the best surgical techniques from those other surgeons. That you meant, as you mentioned at the beginning, my fellowship in soft tissue knee surgery was in Australia. And I worked for three excellent consultants, one in Sydney and two in Melbourne. And seeing their patients come back to clinic, given an opportunity to examine those patients, meant that I could see how good the results were. So certainly I was keen when I came home to get in my practice the same results. And it was really putting together those surgical techniques. The other thing to say is that you must follow your patients up to know that what you are doing is working. And some of these great surgeons in Australia now have 20-year follow-up data so picking operations that you know works was certainly a big part of my practice when choosing how to do it. The other thing that's important is to try to find something that works for you. I think there's certainly lots of things in surgery that depending on your dexterity and how your brain works, work for you. And, that, and some things may not work for other people. And it's a question of trying things out and working out what those things are. And then the final thing to say is what is available in your hospital what they have in Australia or America or in certain parts of the world, uh, you may not be able to get in your own practice. So obviously you have to factor that in too. And you mentioned rehabilitation earlier on. Is success dependent on rehabilitation? Absolutely, 100%. Uh, one of the first things I tell the patient, particularly when considering surgery, is they have to understand how important the rehabilitation is. I certainly will sell it to the patient by saying that my operation that I will do is 50% of the procedure. The other 50% they have to do, which is the rehabilitation. And one does not work without the other. One of the things I found very helpful in my practice, and if you have a busy NHS practice particularly, one of the ways of managing your waiting list is to ensure that all patients have a prehabilitation session with the physiotherapist. So this is a, a session prior to the surgery. And one of the things it does is it starts the patient going with exercises so they can begin to condition the muscles. But the other thing it does, which is really, really helpful, is to get engagement from the patient before the surgery so that you know they're going to do the rehabilitation. My physiotherapists that I work with know that if the patient does not appear for their appointment, or they don't engage with the physiotherapist, then they're probably not going to do very well and will automatically take them off the waiting list. The final thing to say is that rehabilitation, in my opinion, as I've gone through the years looking at my patients, 
is that goal-based rehabilitation certainly is better than time-based simply because the patient then knows that they have something to work towards so that they can get on to the next stage. So I'm a strong advocate of a goal-based rehabilitation. Now, what are the key features of managing a multi-ligament injury? Well, as with all serious injuries to the knee, I would certainly advocate going along with ATLS protocols to start with. Make sure there are no other injuries. Reduce and immobilize the knee and then get the appropriate imaging. While you're doing that, ensure that there is watertight documentation of the nerve injuries and the uh, vascular status. Imaging must include vascular imaging as routine now. It's very easy to get MR and CT angiogram. And I think considering the incidence of damage to the popliteal artery, this is an essential part of the early management. Reduce it, uh, take an x-ray to ensure that it is reduced, get the imaging, and then if you're not happy or you're not working in a unit that practices multi-ligament reconstruction, alert the soft tissue tertiary referral consultant early. One of the key features with multi-ligament injuries is to try to get the operation done within the first couple of weeks. And sometimes the logistics of that to get all the imaging done and get the patient transferred does make that difficult. So being alert to that it, the fact that it is a multi-ligament injury, getting the imaging early and getting that surgeon on board early. With regards to the surgical management itself, if the patient does appear in the hospital at the right time, then I'm keen to operate after the initial period of swelling is settled, which is after four or five days, and certainly before 14 days. The surgical management depends on, on the timing, as I say, um, and if you are going to operate, you need to plan surgery carefully so that you've got all your graft choices and all your kit ready. The surgery itself, um, for me, should all be done within two to three hours. I'm very keen on slick surgery to prevent too much scar tissue. And certainly, in my experience, long tourniquet times, uh, long operations yield lesser results. So I will try to think about getting the repair or reconstruction of the key structures first and then do whatever else I can in two to two and a half hours. When I say the key structures, the key structures for me that need early fixation are obviously fractures, um, damage to the extensor mechanism and the posterolateral corner. Certainly operating on the posterolateral corner is very difficult after a couple of weeks and that is mostly because of the fibrous tissue means that the individual structures of the posterolateral corner are very, very hard to recognize and putting them back where they belong then becomes very difficult. If you do miss that window of the first 14 days, I think it probably is better to brace the patient, send them off to the physiotherapist and then re-examine at six to eight weeks and work out what you're going to do at that stage. So find the window and get the surgery done in the window is my advice. Thank you very much. And lastly, I want to ask you, what does the future hold for knee ligament surgery? Okay, well, this is another um, really excellent question. Um, I certainly think that um, we've got really quite good in the last 10 years at finding isometric points for our ligament reconstruction. Getting the isometric points means that the knee will regain a full range of movement early. I don't think we've cracked it, but I certainly think we've improved it. 
The other thing we have improved um, is the rehabilitation. And I think as a result, we are getting good results. The thing that we cannot do, and this may be something that we will be able to do in the future, and certainly the patients would be very happy, is to find biological agents that will help speed up the healing process. One of the most devastating things for young athletes is finding out that they have got a ligament injury. And particularly with ACL, they are looking at minimum of nine months and often 12 to 18 months of recovery before they can return to play. And every patient asks me the same. Why, doctor, they say, does it take so long? And it really simply is that we cannot at the moment cheat the biology. The tendons that we use to reconstruct and rebuild the ligaments need to revascularize. Uh, They need to become ligaments again. And to do that, the biology is really quite slow. So I would suggest that the future for ligament surgery would be able to somehow speed up the biology by injecting or giving systemic agents to encourage that neovascularization and that laying down of a strong um, collagen web once again. Thank you so much for your insight into ligament injuries. And thank you very much for joining us at the Royal Society of Medicine. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Royal Society of Medicine's orthopedic section podcast. For more details on our events and speakers, please visit the Royal Society of Medicine's website or follow us on social media using the handle RSM Ortho.